Well, hi, honey. Welcome to Astrologize It. This is a podcast for anyone who wants a practical explanation of astrology with easy application to the ups and downs of life and everyday BS. We're your guides and co-hosts on this stellar journey. I'm Julia. And I'm Steve. Let's get started. (laughs) All right. Today we are talking about Sagittarius. Julia, what have we got lined up? Oh, well, I, for one, am very glad we are in Sagittarius season because... Whew, I love the spookiness of Scorpio as much as anyone else, but a whole month of contemplating death and the futility of life. It's kind and of a lot. Whew, boy, am I ready. Yeah. What are you ready for? What are you most excited about for Sag season? Um, well, I am a holiday junkie, so I'm very excited about that. Um, but the thing I've been astrologizing lately is... Um, I'm very late to the party on this, but I've recently gotten into watching Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso? Yes. Yes. The TV show that have people been raving about for years now. Mm-hmm. And I finally got on board and started watching. And to me, it is a great encapsulation of Sagittarius energy. Okay. The main character has got this cowboy-esque optimism and do-it-yourselfness and the fact that it's... Um, Americans in Great Britain really feels like it captures Sagittarius for me. Americans in Great Britain. Yes. I mean, what what else could bring out the Sag of an American? Yes. Um. Well. Well. I mean, we're gonna talk about Sag in America later. Yeah. Um, so, w- what else? Anything else about Ted Lasso that mm. is that has yeah, lassoed you into the the bandwagon well even the um the Bad big joke. statement that ted lasso says over and over again and his iconic um sign in the locker room is just the word believe and that is such a such a jupiter sag concept of just like believe in something and it'll happen for you believe i believe the polar express also used the same the polar word. express <laughs> yeah. cute super cute yes so what about you where are you sagging it up right now where am i sagging it up well actually that's a great question but the where my thoughts have been kind of focusing is when sag season starts mm-hmm. which you know typically the zodiac season flips around uh 21st 22nd 23rd of a month so that is literally around the same time as the american holiday of thanksgiving yeah so sag is our scholar philosopher voyager whatever you want to kind of label the archetype as the the fun thing that i love about just any new start to a sign is when you're like the the signiest of that sign Mm -hmm. so the saggiest energy of sag season comes right at the forefront and that's right when we're hanging out at a thanksgiving table around family that we have (laughs) potentially some you know just different views and different stories around so like story season kicks off with literally the family Mm. kind of for me so it's it's a different a different way of looking at the holidays because we all we all want to like wait until december for some reason or feel like we should or should right um no, you don't have to. There are plenty of reasons to start kicking off holiday seasons way sooner. Yeah. Um, and it's also a really cool time to kind of like check the stories that we're telling or regurgitating. 
Mm. So um, maybe I kind of want to find a new a new story this season. Um, but you have a, a a book that you kind of want to talk about later. So yeah. maybe that's the book that I should start with this oh, year. Cute. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the Sagittarius archetype. Okay. Because I feel like um, on the internet, there's so many memes about Sagittarius as being super outgoing mm-hmm. and athletic. And um, I see that as just one part of the Sagittarius archetype. Okay. We already threw out some words. Yes. So I threw out philosopher like scholar and then voyager mm-hmm. um and i would also say that the concept of the storyteller storyteller is kind of um what encapsulates all of that because uh, you can have the person that the adventurer and a lot of us um adventure not in a physical way mm-hmm. but i have yet to meet a sag who does not love a good fantasy story and that doesn't necessarily have to mean dragons, uh, fae, things like that. But a fantasy can, in, I mean, whatever your brain wants to kind of conjure up. Yeah. In, yeah. in the sense of a story. Yes. Okay. So the... Sages the... are very good at centering themselves in a story. Because um, okay. Sag is a fire sign. It's all about identity. So we can go from the bookworm to the, the track lead. Yes. Right. Yes, that's, that's all. Track this... athlete, by the way. Oh, nice. The yeah. track lead. You know, track lead. <laughs> Tiny track lead. Weird. The things that come <laughs> out of my face. I just thought I didn't know about it because I am quite obviously not a track lead. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us are. It's okay. It's okay. Yes. Yes. I have a lot of Sag in my chart, and I'm definitely more on the storyteller side. Um, kind of the dark side of the Sag Scorpio type is the preacher. Mm. Um, okay. Yes. Is that the combo of, of Scorpio with Sag or are you, what, what do you mean by? I think it's just a Sag in general. Can't this get so caught up in the narrative that Mm. they stop listening. And so they're just standing on their soapbox yelling at everybody about who they should be and where they fit into this larger narrative and they stop asking questions or being curious at all. And instead they're just shouting. So like you've already gotten up on your soapbox and in your brain, the word believe is like shining in all of its marquee glory. Yeah. And what you are saying, speaking like shouting to the, to the void is what you believe. Yeah. Um, but if, if there's no uh, curiosity or questioning behind behind the belief, uh, that's kind of where we get a little pigeonholed. Yeah, or if we start telling other people what they should believe instead of hmm. centering our own, creating a story for ourselves that we want to tell, mm-hmm. um, piecing the little bits of reality into a greater narrative. That's what humans do. We love to do that. We love to make stories and mythos and we love to have our great heroes journeys. Um, it It's what we as humans have always done um, to give ourselves a something greater. Let's talk about something greater. Let's talk about something greater. Yes. But, and then we can also loop in 
uh, one of your favorite people to listen to as well mm. in just a minute. Mm-hmm. So something greater. Sag is all about finding the something greater. Um, there's a podcast that I know Steve really, really loves um, and referring to the something greater. Oh, yeah, I do. I do appreciate the uh, the survival, the feminist survival podcast that came out for the 2020 season and all of its wonderful fuckery. Um, but the the Nagoski twins did um, their book Burnout and I, I thoroughly enjoy their podcast and just kind of refer to it whenever I need just like a nice little pick me up and then just a reminder of like, all oh, right, we're all humans just figuring out how to human together kind of a thing. And then there's something greater episode is gorgeous because uh, they uh, both are working with something that is obviously greater than them and it's fueling their work. And I think, you know, we all kind of want to figure out what is that little spark fueler. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of sparks and something greater, and we're talking about um, Sagittarius, let's link it to the planet. Yes. So, uh, Because something greater also will tie into Jupiter, because Jupiter would be the the god of the gods in uh, mythology. Do you want to just quickly kind of like touch on that before we go deeper into something greater? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Jupiter, um, if we go into the mythology, king of the gods youngest child baby brother that oh. takes over everything uh, i mean don't we always <laughs> the baby brother that just takes over and tells everyone else what their new role is going to be i don't know what you're talking about uh not at all um but also we think about jupiter as being this kind of jolly good-natured character but um also having an insatiable appetite for relationships, not even relationships, just sex of all kinds Mm -hmm. and wanting whatever he wants and being willing to put uh, the entire cosmos into chaos because of whatever's currently caught his obsession. Mm -hmm. And I, I love linking that to the actual planet out there in the solar system that is Jupiter. Because if you kind of think about Jupiter as a mass, uh, just kind of barreling through our solar system at the the quickest pace possible that it can, while also just kind of like grabbing any little object that it it can hold on to and just pull it into its gravitational pull. And so it just has this hornet's nest of things flying around it as it's hurtling through. So it kind of is a good like uh, image of the god Zeus or Jupiter, yeah. Um, where it's just kind of like, yeah, you always have a mess of stuff flying around you. Yes, it's uh-huh. very much. I think very much of like Pac Man, just like nom, nom, nom. <laughs> <laughs> spinning around super fast and like just eating everything that tries uh, to come into its way. Saturn's just over there being like, oh god, doing it again. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, so, but in astrology, mm-hmm. um. Jupiter is considered a benefic planet. That means that um, it's interpreted as bringing good things to you. And yes, absolutely. I agree with that. But um, I found Jupiter to be a little more of a nuanced planet than that. I really think of it as 
the planet that gives you what you've been asking for. Hmm. Um, so it's kind of like scary Santa. <laughs> Sca- scary Santa. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the concepts that we have around like Santa, Santa Claus doesn't know when to stop Santa or Santa just like doesn't use any doesn't use good judgment on deciding whether or not you should get what you want on your list and just gives you what you are hungering for. And then you have to deal with the consequences of whether or not that was a healthy thing to be wanting because Jupiter is also the planet of excess and Mm -hmm. gluttony and getting wasted off your ass and because you want that in the moment right is it actually good good. for you yeah yeah yes and then when hangover comes saturn shows up You live a life that's extreme, outrageous, on the edge. And you need an energy drink that can keep up with your optimistic outlook and boundless enthusiasm. That energy drink is Jupiter's Energy Boost. Most energy drinks bog you down with sugar and reality. Gross! Jupiter's Energy Boost restores your electrolytes by infusing them with pure wishful thinking. And it actually works. That's not just our point of view. It's a fact. Trust us. This fact not backed by science. Try Jupiter's Energy Boost today, because an energy drink can transform you into anything if you just believe hard enough. Jupiter's Energy Boost. Going overboard is extremely underrated. Okay, yes. so we have... We so have scary Santa. Scary Santa is Jupiter. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, and-, and so a lot of times in our charts, where Jupiter is, where it falls, what house it falls into, what sign it falls into, that's a spot where we have great power and great ability to make things happen for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also where we end up reaping what we sow. So if you like want, uh, oh, I'll use myself as an example. I have Jupiter in my first house, okay. the first house of personality. The thing that I see that playing out a lot is that I focus a lot on who am I? I I want these like greater meaning to life of who am I? Mm-hmm. So I put a lot of effort into what's my greater narrative? What's my greater story? Um, but then I keep ending up with situations where I'm questioning that all the time. So there's a hunger for it, but it's a, it's never satiated. Okay. Just like Jupiter, the planet is never like, hey, I'm done, y'all. I'm done spinning super fast and gobbling up everything. No, Jupiter always wants more. No, it's so, still spinning. Yeah. Still going. Super fast. I mean, that kind of makes sense, especially if we want to apply it to my chart. Um, mm, got mm-hmm. Jupiter hanging out, only planet, over in the eighth house. Um, but eighth house, we just talked about it um, with Scorpio season. That's kind of like the inner landscape. Also, we can relate it to like maybe some mental health um stuff and then you think about oh well if it's in gemini and i'm so curious about all of these ways to like introspect oh yeah i can definitely see where where a lot of a good thing can start to actually work against you when you're trying to find too many too many diagnoses for yourself or things like that yes where all of a sudden you are just in a book and thinking about what's potentially wrong with you instead of just hey chilling out and then just listening to 
the Intel portion of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or I think of someone who would potentially have Jupiter in their second house, that would traditionally be someone who's very good at manifesting money and creating opportunities for themselves because they put a lot of focus in that area and Mm -hmm. a lot of intensity. Um, Does that mean that person is ever going to feel like they have enough? Probably not. So even if you could make all of this money, that hunger inside of you is never going to just be satiated. So we're talking we're talking mainly about the houses. The yeah, little, I think of it pie. a lot about the house, that because, that's spot. Yeah, that's where the behavior comes out. Mm-hmm. So the when I, when we're talking like what do you look at first? Do you look at the sign? Do you look at the planet? Do you look at the house? Um, since we're focusing on Jupiter, we're focusing mainly on where in life that's going to play out um, for you the most. So that's the house. Yeah, that's a a handy way to kind of to see where you have a superpower of making things happen for Mm -hmm. yourself. Um, But it's also a spot where you can't trust that you'll just know when you have enough. Can we talk about what what about a person just throwing this out there um, with it hanging out by their midheaven? So Mm. either in Sag's ninth house, traditional, ninth house um or in capricorn's 10th house yeah situation where those are right up kind of in the fields of life where the world is looking at you there's mm-hmm. a lot of um like how can how can that come out for jupiter in yeah chart? i would imagine that someone with that placement people would perceive them as being kind of a larger than life personality mm-hmm. um but they could fall into a trap of never feeling like they have enough attention or feeling like it doesn't matter how hard they work. No one is really seeing them. Um, So yes, it's a benefic planet and good things can come Mm -hmm. uh, because Jupiter demands attention. Kind of like the sun. Um, It's like a little sun. Um, It is like a little sun. It is like a bitty bitty sun. Um, It wants attention, um, but it's, it's never it's not our higher self it's it's our eternal hunger the the fun little astronomy of that is jupiter wanted so badly to be another sun and then there was just not enough material floating around the uh the early primordial solar system so it it got booted out and uh had to had to just stay smaller so never enough yes and this is where it comes to manifestation and a lot of the uh, talk around manifestation is, you know, you have to put your focus very clearly on what you want. To me, that's a very Jupiter concept of like, I will focus and put my energy and emotion behind what I want. But it falls into that same place of like, keep your eyes open uh, for when you have enough. Not when you feel like you have enough, but when you know you have enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where gratitude plays such an important part. And this is interesting to me and kind of leads into Sagittarius and the United States. Okay. Because the United okay. States. Okay. How, how did we get there? Because <laughs> we have the Sibley chart. This is the chart that was put together. We'll link stuff on the show notes for nerds that really want to go into this. Mm-hmm. Um the birth chart of the United States. And in this birth chart that was determined, um, the United States' rising sign is Sagittarius. 
Okay. So that means the personality of the United States. How we're viewed by by the rest of the well, world. Well, not how we're viewed by the rest of the world, but how our like first impression that we give off. It's our right. our ego self as a country. What we want to be seen as. What mm-hmm. what we put forward. Not necessarily every individual. Right. Yep. But as a collective, mm-hmm. um, is very Sagittarius. And you get things like I don't know, even it's it's very funny because the Sagittarius rising has kind of got this cowboy esque personality of like John Wayne. Yes, like I can, I I got this. I'm highly capable to take care of this myself. I'm gonna be optimistic about the future. Mm-hmm. Um, can kind of have this like folksy, charming attitude to them that people can either really like or find off-putting accidentally prone to bounce into situations that we don't need to be in yes yes but again um one of the stereotypes you see of sagittarius that i think links to jupiter so well is never content the grass is always greener somewhere else i always have to go somewhere else to find what will meet my needs and i think we see this so much in the united states of we think that things will make us happy or if we pursue something that will manifest it and get it and be happy and it's never enough so yeah all right yeah i mean that that definitely does kind of link into sagittarius season as well yes so the you mentioned gratitude yeah and i mentioned uh the american holiday of thanksgiving so uh do you see how those things also link with that Sagittarian energy, um, you're just talking of America and everything like that. Um, what else are you connecting with that gratitude aspect? Oh, I think the gratitude um, plays into what keeps us from being in true optimistic Sagittarian optimism versus just numbing and bypassing by pretending everything is fine. That like toxic positivity i think gratitude is the big piece that plays into that and not in a like your mom has everyone sitting around the thanksgiving table and says now everybody go around and say something you're grateful for okay not that kind of gratitude (laughs) more of the like being aware of what you have in the moment and being open enough to feel the sensation of gratitude for it because gratitude is actually kind of a scary feeling Mm -hmm. because if we really do feel grateful for things that means we open ourselves up to how bad it will feel if that thing gets taken away from us to loss yeah it's really scary feeling yeah yeah and especially opening and being vulnerable to people to let them know what we are thankful for is Yeah, a pretty vulnerable state. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as this episode is dropping very close to um, Thanksgiving in the U.S., um, Thanksgiving is a highly problematic holiday in general. Um, Oof. So if you are not a celebrator of Thanksgiving, um, 100% understand why not. Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. And... But I do think the Sagittarius season is asking us to do some examining of how do we feel about joy? How do we feel about gratitude, like real gratitude, and how that opens us up to loss? Um, 
Yeah, with all of these rituals of yeah gatherings. If you've never heard of foreboding joy. This is tis the season to start it all. Yes, talk a little about what foreboding joy is. I mean, so my understanding the 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 idea of foreboding joy is I am not going to allow myself to think about uh, this thing that I actually am really really enjoying. Let's say uh, holiday cookies, kind of a thing. I really love holiday cookies, um, but I will I will understand and know that my kiddos are going to only be so young and only want to come back and do holiday cookies for so many years until they get their own lives and their own traditions and their own... P.S. I don't have any kids of my own. Um, but uh, the example... Your theoretical kids are <laughs> I, already leaving theoretical you. Theoretical kids have left me already. <laughs> the abandonment issues I'm feeling. Oh my gosh. They were never grateful. <laughs> they were never... So we'd be grateful. Uh, um, yeah. So the anyway that derailed the the Christmas cookies is is kind of like my quintessential. Like uh, you're either gonna enjoy the moment and just decorate them as wacky as you want to because they don't have to be perfect, or we can stress through the entire thing, bake cookies with anxiety instead of love. <laughs> And we all know how that tastes. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's yeah. why I don't bake. Stress cookies. <sighs> Everybody wants to eat that. I mean, that's my favorite sprinkle. <laughs> Stress cookies. <laughs> Stress. Uh, <sighs> yeah, so that's that's kind of like one one way of looking at foreboding joy. You're You're not allowing yourself to actively either see or sit in said emotion. Um, and you're, because you're always looking for the next thing to go wrong or what's, what's going to take it away from you mm -hmm. situation. Um, hashtag life always takes it away, mm -hmm. unfortunately. So why, why are we perpetuating that desire to, <laughs> to not accept joy? When it comes, yeah. Oh my gosh. And I mean, let's just say like, it's hard even in my own life of, of accepting a good thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, working every day. Yes. And I think this is where Sagittarius energy is such a gift and a curse. Uh, because all of this revolves around storytelling and the mm -hmm. stories that we're telling ourselves. I was just thinking about this. And like, okay, so the symbol of Sag, the archer, or uh, you see just a lot of arrows mm -hmm. literally flying around. Um, and I was like, okay, so the, the symbol is, is a bow and arrow. Oh no, what if that bow and arrow is on fire? Oh no, what if that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just sling the arrow into whatever fray? That's roof cottage. Exactly. Oh no. Ugh, like that's not just an arrow, guys. Like that flame, that belief, that idea, it it will engulf everything. It yeah. has such a such a potential, and that's why it's I mean, that's not why. That's how I generally link it to fire energy too. Yeah. It's a it's a catcher. It, it can still it can still either make something burn bright or it can burn it down. Burn your cottage down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hashtag thatch roofs. Yeah, not a good idea. Glad yeah. we moved on. So one of my favorite authors, podcasters, 
voices in the zeitgeist right now is Esther Perel, mm -hmm. uh, who to me feels like um, her focus is very Jupiterian, Sagittarian. Is Jovian? Jovian! Whoa! <laughs> uh, because she talks a lot about how we don't necessarily need to fight the fact that we're telling ourselves stories all the time, but we are in control of telling different stories. Mm -hmm. So if you are in a story that you don't like, you can change it. If you're spending time with people that are telling you a story about you, you're going to start making that story true. So be very careful around the people that Ooh, are telling that you hard, stories about yourself. That was a hard truth. Yeah. 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 Stories are remarkably powerful and we are telling ourselves them all the time. And then who's, who's aiding in the, in like perpetuating that story yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they don't necessarily have to be telling you the story, but they're, they're going to just keep. Well, let's use the word enabling um, a story to to play out if that's the one that you want to kind of, yeah. Darn. I mean, the old adage of when we assume we make an ass out of you and me mm -hmm. is... Everyone loves it. Pure Sagittarius. Yeah. Yeah. So what does Esther say? Um, what, what are, what's her advice if, if you want to change it? Um, how do you change the story in your own head? Um, one of the things that I love that she talks about is the Greek chorus in your head mm -hmm. and how you can imagine that there is a Greek chorus in your head and everybody is wearing a, a mask with your face on it. That's not a frightening image at all. Okay. So Greek chorus, uh, if we want, can we provide like an example, like a few examples, uh, you typically, if if you're watching like a musical or something, they're the people that you don't see actually playing out in the story. They're literally a group of people off to the side um, that are commenting on the story, singing to the audience sort of a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that, we that's... have our own Greek chorus in our <laughs> head when we go through a situation and then the chorus starts making little comments about what's going on oh my gosh you shouldn't have said that yes and they all it sounds like it's in our own voice and it's very easy for us to think that we're telling ourselves this but really Esther talks about like well who's really telling you this is it your mom is it your seventh grade teacher but it it's in your voice but are those really the narratives that you're telling about yourself or are they someone else's narratives that you've internalized so we were just talking about Esther and kind of the Greek chorus. Um, are there any? Are there any like good voices that can happen in the in the Greek chorus? Um, I would say yes. Like my Greek chorus now has a decided Steve presence. For oh, example, that can be scary. Yeah, I like it. Okay, I good. like it. I'm a, I'm a fan of it. So what is what is the Greek chorus, Steve? Greek say? chorus, Steve says things like, "You're doing the best that you can," mm -hmm. or "Are you?" giving yourself a break when you need it. Mm -hmm. That's what my Steve chorus member says. It's, and all, so, it's all right. What, yeah. Why are you working so hard? Yeah. <laughs> what if you relaxed instead? What if you just sat down and <laughs> ate something? Yes. Usually you're telling me to eat something. Got it. It's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the chorus isn't necessarily bad. The chorus can be great. 
Yeah. Um, but yes, we're very susceptible. Mm -hmm. So the um, kind of like the next topic that I wanted to swing swing over to was how Sagittarius is the last sign of the uh, autumn season. So we we kicked it off with Libra. We have we are still recording in Scorpio season, but when this comes out, it will be Sag season. Mm -hmm. So it's completing a season. Um, we have cardinal, fixed, and mutable. Mutable signs are the like the editors of life. So how does how does that apply to to fire? I know you have a be some beautiful imagery that I love playing with. Yeah, yeah. So we have the fire signs. We have Aries, uh, fire, which is the like little spark that starts a flame, mm -hmm. that starts the fire, that starts sometimes a forest fire, sometimes a campfire. It's fine. Don't Depends worry on how it. mad your Aries is. Yep. Uh, we have Leo, that's our just bright blazing fire, mm -hmm. keeping us warm, giving us point of light to focus on and then we have sag which i think of very much as coals um it's the end of the fire uh but what do we get with coals um we get something we can cook on controlled heat yeah yeah, yeah we can actually do something with the fire now yeah, without really getting cook terribly burned <laughs> right. right yeah yeah we can you know we start working with metal and shape something new so sag fire is where we take all of this focus on passion and creativity and be able to put it into making something. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's some beautiful. I, I just love the idea of how it changes through the actual element that, that us humans can observe. Um, and then how we can kind of apply it because once you add the other elements to to the embers you can kind of already picture in your mind like what does that do yeah um the the water will help create steam yeah. so that's that helps power uh machines and like the industrial revolution yeah. was like yeah or some great green bean casserole or some amazing green bean casserole yes yeah <laughs> on that you know open coal fire that right. we all that we all use the classic recipe these days <laughs> pretty sure it's on the back of betty crocker oh yeah so practical tips for navigating sag slash holiday season because holiday season is sag season mm -hmm. um i would say yes falling into that storytelling thing be super careful about checking the narratives and the stories we tell ourselves all right. the time. Even before, even before the dinner, like a week before, check if you're going to be sitting down with people that, you know, you don't see that often and you're already starting to kind of tell the stories of what happened last year and or what happened since since we last spoke to someone like check to see if that's a if that's a helpful narrative mm -hmm. even. Um, so maybe that's something that. Um, so, Steve, what is in astrology? We're astrologizing let's the remedy for too much Sag. Where do we go? Too much Sag? I would go the exact opposite. We like to talk about axis ease. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yes, totally. So that would be the opposite sign is Gemini. Um, we need more air happening. We need more curiosity. We need more questions, mm -hmm. um, which uh, I do want to put put out the caveat of like you know 
Gemini also can ask too many questions. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, making sure that our arrow isn't pointing in a direction of I'm only asking these questions to to get the answers that I want to hear. <laughs> that, that also seems very such a cottage on fire. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's let's go back to that burning arrow. Um, yeah. So the I would say curiosity um, can can be in a definite aid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um. Something that has worked well for my family, a couple things. I have little ones, um, and I am a super cancer mom. By cancer mom, I mean I have a lot of planets in the sign of cancer. Mm-hmm. Everybody calm down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, yep, yep. Yeah, it's going to happen. Probably going to happen a lot. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, because I'm super cancer mom, I get really caught up in family traditions. So our family has this thing that we do around this time where we get together and we say, okay, what does everyone actually want for the holidays? What are your favorite things, kids? What do you really want to see happen during the holiday season? And it's surprisingly simple most of the time. It's like, I want to go look at lights. I want to open presents on Christmas morning. There's, It's really not usually a big list, but it keeps me from telling myself, that everyone's expecting all of these extra things. It's it's really mm-hmm. just a few things that people have requested. And then if I get overwhelmed with all of the things I've assigned to myself for what I need to do, I can say, wait, that wasn't on the list. I'm going to cut it. No one cares. Yeah. Um, so like maybe, maybe making a priority list yeah. with three categories yeah. of like holiday needs must haves kind of a thing holiday that'd be great if i'm actually in the mood Uh uh-huh and then holiday (laughs) if we're born or somehow it 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 actually happens but like no one's going to be mad if we don't make another rudolph popsicle stick ornament right um yeah i mean that's what school's for (laughs) (laughs) that's what that's what we pay our teachers so much money for (laughs) stop making me sad um something that our family really likes to do there is a book link it in show notes Mm -hmm. um that is all about christmas cookies from around the world oh my gosh and it's a kid's book about different christmas eve traditions from all over the place or different holiday traditions because fun fact not everybody celebrates christmas um and it has corresponding recipes so we like to open that up and we have our favorite Christmas cookies, but then also we like to try a Malaysian sweet potato cake that is traditionally used. So that's very sad too, to like reach out and find, try to get an idea of what other people do and learn more about different Mm -hmm. traditions and expand beyond your horizon. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for you to bring up this book, obviously with my analogy to Christmas cookies earlier. Um, Can't wait to, see what ones we can you know make and then post for people to be like hey uh because uh, we already just between the two of us already have some interesting dietary restrictions yes uh so we we will do our best to kind of incorporate uh all walks of nutrition yeah in in anything that we post but yeah the the christmas cookie sounds like a super easy way to kind of like dip a toe into yeah. into other other cultures and oh, that's wonderful it's super fun yeah super fun 
Um, I also have some fun plant suggestions for our herby herby lovers. Yes, give it to for us. For navigating this season. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is wild rose. Wild rose. And rose is a great plant for... She's wild. She's wild. Um, for counteracting apathy. Uh, because this time of year, we can really burn out or get cynical about people caring about the holidays and we can get ourselves into a place of just not feeling the sag intensity and vibes. I just um, don't want to feel the feels because you're apparently feeling so many. Yeah. I'm just going to like not feel any. And I think it connects to that foreboding joy that we were talking yeah, about. And right. Rose is I'm a big sure. heart opener. You hear about Christmas Rose. Yes. Don't it, it doesn't necessarily like, we don't think about this time of year and jump to Rose, but Yes, having rose around you right now can keep your heart open. Now, this isn't jumping into the direction of toxic positivity, right? No, but but just like keeping your heart open and being willing to feel the whole range of feelings Mm -hmm. that this year might bring, this time of year may bring up. Yeah. Emotions are a spectrum. They All right. Are. That was Wild Rose, number Wild one. Number two. Vervain. Vervain. Which is a cute little plant. Um, but it is very much for the soapboxiness. When we start getting too intense, start preaching the way we feel, trying to do too much, just going overboard on everything and shutting down our capacity to listen or be still. Vervain is a great remedy to counteract that mm-hmm. and then larch or tamarack what'd you call me a tamarack okay um this is a tree that you would use as a flower essence it's one of my favorites um it is an evergreen tree that actually loses its leaves in the winter they yeah. turn brown and then they fall it's just too cold and it's it just actually goes through a like deciduous cycle but it's an evergreen tree um cool it's a not evergreen tree <laughs> a conifer that's Nature the saying, nope. a conifer <laughs> so it doesn't fit in in any category okay. and it's for people that just feel like they can't fit in and there's a lot of parties that are happening and for those of us that get social anxiety or just feel a little bit like we don't have a group to fit in with this plant can help us be okay with who we are as we are. Mm-hmm. And a few stone recommendations that I have for Sag season is fluorite. Oh, beautiful rainbow fluorite. Um, one of the superpowers of Sag is being able to take all of the questions Gemini was asking and turn it into a story, turn it into a narrative. Mm-hmm. And fluorite is a great stone for doing that. It's really great for people this time of year who are prepping for exams and into the year finals and things like that, because it can help you integrate all of your knowledge into a coherent one whole. Yes. Very saggy. Okay. Number two. Chrysocola, which is a similar thing. It's a stone of wisdom. Um, And Sag loves to gain knowledge, um, but doesn't always use that knowledge wisely no um, so sometimes we just like read all the books and then stand on the books like a soapbox and be like i know all the things now so chrysocolla is Got good it. for turning knowledge into wisdom mm-hmm. um and then citrine 
because this is a fire. Yeah, Yeah, we've got fiery season and we've got a bunch to do. And sometimes we have to power through um, getting everything done on the to-do list, even when it's hard this time of year. So citrine to kind of bring in the little willpower. Yeah. Yeah. Light. Love and light. Yeah. Love and light. Love and light, (laughs) y'all. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay. Vibes only. Wait, back to to the plants. Yeah. Real quick. So do what what do I do? Do I eat these? Is there oil that I can look out for? Um, if I if I actually work with like a simmer pot, how do I get these plants in my life as as just like a day-to-day thing? The rose, use roses. Okay. There are so many ways to use roses. You can can be any kind of rose. It doesn't like when we say wild rose. If you're going to be very specific about it, mm-hmm. you would want wild roses, but Honestly, any rose is going to be a heart opener, which is the main point here is to keep your heart open. Um, A lot of these you can use as a flower essence, um, which is my favorite way of working with plants. Um, You can get those at your co-op or your metaphysical store. Um, But just having, I think especially with the rose, just even having it Add a little bit of rose water to a Christmas cookie. See what that does for you. Mm, that sounds delicious. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow, that would actually sound delicious with the cherry. Ooh, yeah, cherry rose cookies. Oh man, we're going to be inventing all sorts of things here. I, I hope. Well, not me again. Not a baker. Okay, just a, just <laughs> the idea, guys. Just yeah, I'll, I'll create the idea. You guys can <laughs> great British bake off it. This is not my not my field. Too much measuring needs to go into it. Um, do you have anything else that you wanted to chat about Sagittarius at the end? I don't. Oh man. Other than just like, remember that Sag and Jupiter are also about fun. Don't forget fun. Yeah. Don't forget fun, dude. Or y'all. Anyone. Peeps. Peeps. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining us. If you have any questions, comments, non-extraneous grievances, there's a couple ways that you can contact us. Uh, you can vis- visit us on the web at astrologizeit.com backslash podcast for any show notes that you want to check out. Uh, you can also give us an email at astrologizeit at gmail.com or check us out on the socials again at astrologizeit. And if you've enjoyed what you've listened to, remember to like and subscribe or click the bell or follow or whatever your platform asks you to do. Do the thing. Send it to a friend. And please, uh, again, like I said, share us with a friend, sibling. Uh, If your pet really enjoys podcasts while you're gone, please put our docile voices on for them. Um, We really appreciate the help. And then please remember to rate. Yeah. Yeah. And if you didn't like it, don't worry about it. Saturn and Pluto are on your side. And above all, stay shiny, Starlight. Mm